the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Thursday, September the 16th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Many years ago today in a faraway place. No, I'm kidding. Wasn't that many years ago. Gary married Marjorie. And they lived happily ever after. My wife and I got married today. Some years ago. Many years ago. She and I grew up together, in fact. I can't remember when I didn't know her or know who she was. But we got married today. Happy anniversary, honey. I love you. You're terrific. Today on September 16th, 1974, President Gerald R. Ford, he announced that uh, a conditional amnesty program for Vietnam War deserters and draft evaders, all of them, everybody, amnesty. Today in 1630, the Massachusetts village of Shawmut. You've never heard of that before, have you? It changed its name. We know it as Boston. Today in 1908, General Motors was founded in Flint, Michigan by William C. Durant. There was a car that was called the Durant at one time. Today in 1987... Two dozen countries signed the Montreal Protocol. It's a treaty designed to save the Earth's ozone layer by calling on nations to reduce emissions of harmful chemicals by the year 2000. Since then, they have come across, these folks, the ozone folks. I remember that. I They were showing pictures of holes in the ozone and all this kind of thing. And we were literally going to burn up even before 2000 if we didn't somehow somehow put those holes in the ozone back together again. But they, they have transitioned now. They've pivoted. And some of the same people that were pushing the ozone thing, they never talk about that anymore. But they've, they've now founded a new movement. It's called Climate Change, Climate Crisis. Actually, it started as global warming. Then it went to climate change. And now it's climate crisis. And... Many of them are laughing all the way to the bank, to be honest with you. I know we need to be good stewards of God's creation. The Bible is very clear on that. But nowhere in the Bible does it tell us to exploit the whole idea of that and turn it into a socialistic movement by which we can transform the greatest nation in the world. And that's exactly what these people want to do with this so-called climate crisis thing. It's bizarre their claims, and they get more and more all the time. And we're finding out that the left often voice their ideas on us, basically when they're in political power, and yet they don't even live by their own rules, whether it's wearing a mask or whatever it is. They put this stuff out there to advance an agenda that has nothing to do with climate or masks for the most part. Today in 2001, President George W. Bush, speaking on the South Lawn of the White House, he said there was, quote, no question, unquote, 
that Osama bin Laden and his followers were the prime suspects of the September 11 attacks. Bush pledged that the government would find them, get them running, and hunt them down. And we did. He was not president when that happened, but it did happen, as we all know. Today in 2012, in appearances on the Sunday news shows, U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Susan Rice, she said there was no evidence that the attack on the U.S. diplomatic outpost in Benghazi, Libya, was premeditated. That was probably one of the bigger lies that was told that year, maybe any time until recently, by government officials. Libya's interim president himself, Mohammed El Magar. McGarriff, I think is the way you pronounce it. He told CBS, no, no, no. He said, she's wrong. This guy, this Mohammed guy, who's head of the country at the time, he told CBS, he said, no, I have no doubt that those attackers spent months and months planning that assault and purposefully chose the date of September 11th. The whole thing was a cover-up to cover Hillary Clinton, who was inept at being Secretary of State. That's what that was all about. But it's that Susan Rice. She's currently still in government. She's still on the payroll. She was even discussed as being the possible vice president uh, nominee, but they decided because of that Benghazi thing, they decided that all of that would resurface and it might hurt Biden's um, possibilities of getting elected as president of the United States. So they chose Kamala Harris instead. They, meaning Barack Obama and others, I'm sure, Joe Biden had little to nothing to do with that from what I've read. But anyway, Susan Rice is still, she's on the payroll. She's National Security uh, or Assistant Secretary of State for African Affairs of the United States. She had uh, uh, previously been National Security Advisor of the United States during that period of time from 2013 to 2017. Anyway, she's still very much involved in the decision-making processes. She went from station to station to station telling a lie about Benghazi and about our failure, the State Department's failure, to even know what was going on. Today in 2013, Aaron Alexis, a former U.S. Navy reservist, went on a shooting rampage. It was horrible. Inside the Washington Navy Yard, he killed 12 people before being shot dead by the police. Ten years ago today, President Barack Obama signed into law a major overhaul of the nation's patent system. He said he wanted to ease the way for inventors to bring their products to market. The most important thing that I have to say to you today is this. It's taken from Psalm 119.63, verse 63. I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. In Isaiah chapter 54, verse 10, the prophet wrote, For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee. Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. We live in times that are upside down. They're hard, hard to deal with sometimes. That's why Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. He said, God is faithful, by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful, 
God is in control. Never, ever forget that. All of the rest of this will come and go. All of it will pass away. God's word will never, ever pass away. Stay close to the word of God. And I will do my best each day on this radio program to remind you, stay close to the word of God. Not all of the conspiracies and all the stuff that's out there. Some of it's true. Some of it's false. We got to sort it out. We got to look at it through the lens of God's truth, God's word. But never, ever forget to stay close to the word of God. That's the will of the Lord concerning you and me and all of us. Well, I'll tell you, it's interesting. There's a big deal being made out of President, former President Trump's cognitive abilities. And I want to talk a little bit about that in the context of this General Milley. He was talking to China behind the back of the President of the United States and telling them that we would not. We would not be attacking them. It didn't matter what the president said. I want to bring you up to speed on that. It, it's a big story today in the, in the nation. It would be huge if it were reversed and it and we had a, a Republican president, regardless of who it would be. But you talk about cognitive decline. Last night, U.S. President Biden, he forgot who he was talking to. And who he was talking to was the Prime Minister of Australia, someone whom he should know and know the name of. He looked away from his prepared notes just a few seconds, and uh, he was addressing Australia's Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, even I know that, and he couldn't remember his name. And so he, he referred to him as that fella down under. Boy, you talk about cognitive decline. That verbal fumble came after an ex exchange between the two leaders, the UK Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. He was in there as well in this kind of a Zoom call thing. And uh, he, it just, I, I, I can't believe that people aren't concerned about this, or if, if so, why they're not at least considering, I mean, America's at stake. And our president can't remember who he's talking to in real time. You talk about a time warp. Well, I'll tell you, he was having this conversation between the two leaders, the UK Prime Minister Johnson and Morrison from Australia. They were What they were talking about is a deal struck by these long-standing allies to help Australia acquire nuclear-powered submarines. That's a pretty big deal. So they were talking about it, and Joe Biden was being cocky when he was cognizant. And um, he said, thank you, Boris, and I want to thank you. Uh, 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 I'm quoting verbatim. I want to thank you, uh, 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 that fella down under, Biden says as he turned to the large screen that Morrison was on. Thank you very much, pal. Appreciate it, Prime Minister. He's the leader of the free world. The Australian leader was, I looked at it a couple of times to get the whole, you know, ethos of it, as they say. The Australian leader simply smiled back. He was very polite. He just gave a thumbs up. That's not good. 
when the president of the United States can't remember the guy, the name of the guy he's talking to, who happens to be the prime minister of Australia. But that's the time in which we live, and that's what we have done through this last election and all of the corruption that was attached to it. I want to take a moment to thank you for your support of this ministry. I know there are a lot of voices I'm hearing more and more, and they seem to be ratcheted up, which probably means that they're struggling with their budget. But there are a lot of voices within the Christian community calling for your support, and they do it almost endlessly on some of the radio programming and and even some of the some of the stations that you hear. So I would just simply add to those voices, I guess, and I'll hope that God will identify our voice to your spirit because we need your help as well. I said in my heart and to the Lord when we started this program some years ago now, several, seven or eight years ago, I told the Lord that I would be faithful to the best of my ability, but I depended on him to help me. I believe he has helped us. We have been as faithful as we could be through these years. But I told the Lord if the support dropped off, I would never, ever allow us to get to the point, to devolve to the point where we were spending large blocks of time on the air asking people to send us money so we could be on the air again tomorrow to ask people to send us I mean, it isn't a matter of of being prideful. It's just simply good stewardship of God's money. And I told the Lord in my prayer and kind of my commitment to this and my wife as well with me, I was not looking for a career when I started this program. I just felt the Lord spoke to my heart about it. And I have lived long. I'm over 40 now, and I've had a lot of experience, and we've been able to do a lot of things in ministry, of which I am eternally grateful and honored and humbled. But I told the Lord I will give it my best shot every day, and if people identify with what we're doing and you speak to their heart and they respond, we'll just keep doing it as long as you want me to. And that was the commitment. I know that sounds simple and very, you know, kind of um, anyway, that's where we are. I mean, that's the whole story in a nutshell. So if you believe in what we're doing, I would ask you to consider supporting us. And I know there are many, many voices calling out to you. But we would ask you to stand with us financially. And to all of you who do, thank you so much. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009 box 399 bellevue 98009 or you can go to our website it's faithandfreedom.us faith and and freedom.us a lot of faith and freedoms out there there wasn't when we started this website but there is now so be sure you go .us otherwise you may end up where you don't want to go and we don't want you to go we want you to go to our website thank you in advance for prayerfully considering your support of this ministry. The Washington Post is reporting that according to a new soon-to-be-released next week, a book, twice in the final months of the Trump administration, the country's top military officer was so fearful, he says, that the president's actions might spark a war with China that he moved urgently to avert 
armed conflict between the United States and China. General Mark Milley, he's been all over the place recently. Well, now we've learned, according to these guys that wrote this book, they, they will be in trouble for slander if what they're saying in the book isn't true. I'm assuming that they have the evidence, both right for the Washington Post, you know their names, I'm sure, but it's out there and it's going to be published next week. And I realize that they're good at hyping these things. Bob Woodward, one of the authors, Costa is the other author. Bob Woodward was, you know, involved way back. I mean, he became famous through the Watergate thing. But the Washington Post and most news organizations are trying to cast Milley's actions as heroic. And they are believing that Woodward has done his homework in this book that's to be published next week or put out to the public. The Patriot Post, though, is asking, is this treason? That's the first question I ask myself when I begin to become aware of this part of Milley's expedition through life. Washington Post is quoting this soon-to-be-released book, Bob Woodward, Robert Costa, Costa's, he's he's hard to figure, Woodward is very self-promoting, but he's usually been fairly right on what he said, he's done his homework, so I assume he has on this, but apparently General Milley, he kind of feels the same as Woodward, he and Costa hate Trump along with a lot of other people on the left. So you have to ask yourself, is General Milley just acting out of hate for Trump? Is he acting out of just being simply intoxicated by his own importance? Is this his version of a selfie? Or is he trying to undermine the presidency of the United States executive branch? Who knows what's in his heart? God knows. We don't know. But by reading this lengthy Washington Post article and other similar reports that I've read over the last couple of days, you're led to believe that Milley was acting out of patriotism, love for his country. That motivated Milley to make secret calls to China, promising them that the United States would not attack them no matter what the president did, no matter what President Trump did. He would promise them that we would not attack, and he's the main military guy. But you take a closer and a more honest look at this. He wasn't acting out of patriotism because he was violating the Constitution of the United States and above all people, he would know that. In a pair of secret phone calls, he promised his Chinese counterpart, this General Lee of the People's Liberation Army, that the United States would not strike. One call took place on October 20 or October 30th, 2020, four days before the election that put Joe Biden in the Oval Office. The second call was made on January 8, two days after the January 6th demonstration at the Capitol. The authors and the Post, the Washington Post, agree, of course. They say the first call was prompted by Milley's review of intelligence, suggesting that Chinese believed the United States was preparing to attack them. That belief, the author says, was based on tensions over military exercises in the South China Sea. And it deepened, I'm quoting them, it deepened was deepened by Trump's belligerent rhetoric toward China. Milley told Lee, General Lee, I'm quoting him, 
General Lee, I want to assure you that the American government is stable and everything is going to be okay. We are not going to attack or conduct any kinetic operations against you. That is not his place to do. It doesn't matter how important he thinks he is. That's not his place. That is how you dismantle the greatest nation that ever existed. And that's how you undermine and destroy the Constitution that was given, I believe, through providentially to our founders who were on their knees in prayer when they wrote that document. That's what I think about it. The authors say that Lee believed Milley. They were running the world behind the back of the President of the United States. The second call addressed to these Chinese fears of the events of January 6th, the book says that according to the authors, Lee wasn't totally convinced after the second call, so Milley promised him. He said, we are 100% steady. Everything's fine, but democracy can be sloppy sometimes. That's a quote from a military guy. That's what happens in these third world countries. I've seen it in missionary work. I've seen, I've been in countries where a coup occurred. That's how it works. I never thought I'd see the day when America would be dealing with this kind of treason, in my mind. Milley's decision to place himself between President Trump and China was, according to the book, triggered by a January call from Nancy Pelosi. She didn't call China, but she called Milley. She talked to him about, well, I'll quote her. She said, General Milley, what precautions are available to prevent, and this is Nancy Pelosi, General Milley, what precautions are available to prevent an unstable president from initiating military hostilities or from accessing the launch codes and ordering a nuclear strike? They went on to, to talk, but Milley's answer to that specific question was, he said, there are a lot of checks in the system. The transcript of the call goes on to say that Pelosi began telling Milley, referring to Trump, I'm quoting her, he's crazy, crazy, crazy. You know he's crazy. He's crazy. And what he did yesterday is further evidence of his craziness. Quoting Nancy Pelosi. Milley replied, I quote, I agree with I agree with you on everything. There's no evidence of concern on Milley's part. In fact, according to the book, Milley delivered a speech to the Joint Chiefs recently in which he said this, quote, talking to the army guys. He said, "Here's a couple of rules for the road here that we're going to follow. One is you never ever box in a president of the United States. You always give him decision space." Referring to Biden, in this same speech at the Pentagon, he said, you're dealing with a seasoned politician here who has been in Washington, D.C. 50 years, whatever it is. Milley has said it, that he sees parallels between January 6 and 1905, the Russian Revolution, which set off unrest throughout the Russian Empire, and though it failed, helped create conditions for the October Revolution, that was 1917, and that was the Bolshevik Revolution, which executed a successful coup that set up the world's first communist state. That's where he's coming from, and he sees himself as the savior of the world. 
He has usurped, he has gone around the will of the people who elects the president. This is what China does. This is what third world countries do. The military takes over and disposes of the elected or the, however these guys get to their office, it varies from country to country, but in our case, our elected president. doesn't matter who it would be. You wouldn't see them acting, Millie, you wouldn't see him acting based on everything I've read toward a Joe Biden who can't even remember who he's talking to what he's in front of the world. Why would he believe those people on January 6th were trying to overthrow the Constitution? That's what he said. Rather than protested election, they believed was deeply flawed. The National Review has noted in an article that Truman fired MacArthur for much less than this. Where's Joe Biden? Like Millie, he's been in Washington, D.C. for 50 years, as we know. Apparently, General Milley believes he and he alone decides who leads America, including the Defense Department and the State Department of Diplomacy. Who's actually executing a coup here, Milley, or an elected president of the United States? It's not the president. Under our Constitution, military leaders are not permitted to conduct their own personal foreign policy. They do that in third world countries, as I've said. I have been personally on the ground and seen this happen. It's scary, especially if you're from the U.S., you want out, and the flights aren't flying. America is not a third world country, but regardless of how much, some apparently want it to become one. Millie's boss is a civilian, the Secretary of Defense, and his boss's boss is also a civilian, And that would be the president of the United States, regardless of who that president is. If Milley has done what these authors are claiming he did, his actions are insubordination at the least. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin refused to testify before the Senate this this week, and they're working on it. Was it because he's afraid that this is going to come up? This has just become public knowledge. I think it is. Or does it have to do with General Milley? And I think it does. Could this be treason? Yes, it could. Now they're saying, last night they were putting this story out there that, uh, well, he had authorization from the presidency or or from the office to make those calls. They weren't actually done of his own volition. But in a statement to Fox News last night, this uh, Miller, who was the head of the U.S. Armed Forces during that time under Trump, he said that he said that that I did not give any authorization to him and I was not aware that he was doing that. So we'll see where this goes, but I will tell you there is a battle for America. It's happening on so many fronts. Uh, when asked about it yesterday, press secretary Jen Psaki spoke on behalf of the president Biden. She said, when they asked, does he support this? Where is he on this? She said, the president has complete confidence in his leadership, his patriotism, and his fidelity to our Constitution. So there you go. No, this isn't treason. No, it's not even going to be challenged. Biden is just going to let it go and let this guy do what he does in secrecy and in the dark. 
God help us. But God is faithful, and God is with us, and he will be. I'll continue this conversation tomorrow. I'll see you then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.